Welcome to the Healthy Skin Show with Jennifer Fugo, where we're flipping everything you've been told about your chronic skin issues upside down and connecting you with alternative solutions your dermatologist never told you about. Welcome back to episode 252 of the Healthy Skin Show. In today's episode, we are going to dive into heavy metals and how heavy metal toxicity can potentially impact your skin and contribute to skin rashes. And should this be the case for you, what are the best action steps to take? And is it safe for you to address these issues on your own. We're going to find out today. My guest is Dr. Sansa Curtis. She has a doctorate in naturopathy for healthcare professionals and was certified through the Institute for Functional Medicine. Dr. Sansa completed her undergraduate and master's of physician's assistant studies at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. She also has additional advanced training and specializes in gut, autoimmune, and hormone health. Dr. Sanza has always been committed to helping people get better naturally and has many techniques built into her practice designed to help patients get back to better health. She's wonderful at listening carefully to her patients and mixes Western medicine with naturopathy. And on top of it, she is one of the leading functional medicine doctors in the Atlanta metro area. So without further ado, let's dive into today's conversation. Dr. Sanza, thank you so much for being here on the show. I'm super excited that you could do this, first of all, and that we were able to figure out our very our crazy schedules to make this happen. Um, it's just been such an honor to get to know you over the last year. And I know that my, my guests and everybody who's listening to this episode are really going to appreciate what you have to share about heavy metals. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jen. Yes, it's been a joy getting to know you over the past year. Thanks to the pandemic. I don't think we've ever would have met had it not been for the pandemic. <laughs> That's very true. Good point. So, um, so let's kick this conversation off with what exactly are heavy metals? I feel like it's this like hot topic that you read about on social media and then everybody's like, maybe I do have mercury poisoning. Maybe I have lead poisoning. I don't know. But what are heavy metals specifically and how do they differ from say mineral like zinc or sodium or potassium? Well, heavy metals, the most common ones are the mercury, the arsenic, and um, the cadmium. Those are the most common ones. And so what they will do, they actually become irritant, inflammatory for the body so it can destroy tissue. Now, I'm going to tell my age here. So <laughs> I can remember my first exposure to mercury was those mercury thermometers you know we would take the mercury out and play with them and not understanding that that mercury was getting into our system and it can stay in in storage into the tissue and the bone for years and that's why when some women go through menopause as they go the, the bone starts to break down that's when the heavy metal also comes out as well and then the minerals is what you need. Uh, so, you know, you remember the, you know, the, the, the periodic, periodic table, you know, yeah, it's like, periodic oh my God, table. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, so some things are, you know, are needed, like, you know, so everything has its place, but when it becomes an overburden and like even lead 
uh, in New York, they had a big thing because it was in the paint. And then the kids were having retardation and they were having skin issues and, you know, in a plethora of things. And, and you know, it just kind of shows you that too much of anything, you know, some people want to take a whole bunch of supplements and a whole bunch of this, but too much of anything can be problematic. So mm. that's can be endocrine disruptors. Yeah. So that's my... And so with heavy metals, like what are some common exposures that, I mean, you mentioned the paint and lead paint seems to be an issue. At least I know it is here in Pennsylvania. And like, if you go to get windows changed, they ask if the paint is lead. Um, I know in Maryland, there's a big thing about lead paint as well. So some, I don't know about all states, but some states are obviously pretty not they're they're pretty they have a big de- they make a big deal we'll just say about lead mm-hmm. paint but then we also have like pipes right so there could be pipes. exposure and maybe through like pesticides in the water table i don't know so what are some common exposures that people might consider aside from mercury amalgams <laughs> i think that's the one, the number one spot that people people think about oftentimes but what are some other hot spots that might be uh, like you said playing with mercury like i i i still when i was a kid in the 80s we still had those thermometers but i never thought to open them but um a lot of people that i've spoken to have they used to play with mercury so you are not alone in that experience where there was so much fun the bubbles open and you can just play with it but some of the other things is rice arsenic you know that's a, in in our food and arsenic in chicken uh, also, mercury is very high where? In the ocean. So the bigger the fish, the more the mercury. So that's why I tell patients always, you know, sardines and herring, they haven't been, you know, infected as much as, as uh, with the mercury. But that's a big thing. Like if for patients that eat a lot of uh, tuna and sushi and those things, um, they have a higher degree of mercury than you know most people and 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 just the you said great with the lead was with the paint old houses so a lot of times people are renovating these old houses but you know depending on what year the house was built when they stop using lead paint sometimes those lead paint and lead pipes are still there and not even in the fillings of mercury um you can have other cadmium where you actually i mean um titanium where they're actually in plates so you can have it like if you fracture your arm or fracture your leg and you have to put a plate there sometimes people are allergic to those plates and they can cause issues as well so nickel also are in those those artificial knees um so i actually do a test prior to for a patient going Mm -hmm. for surgery to see if they're sensitive to that and check their levels prior to because you want to bring that down or let the surgeon know that they they're allergic to that and they can't even take that and that can't have nickel in it because it's it's pretty profound wow um i was actually asked by one client because she had a hip I don't think it was a hip replacement, but she had a plate and I think screws put into her hip. And she was asking me if it was possible that she could be sensitive and if there was a test for that. And I was like, well, I don't really know because that's really outside of my scope of practice. I don't deal with 
metals and heavy metals in that regard. So is this like an allergy test? What type of testing would this be for somebody who might be like, oh, I'm going to have a knee replacement or I have to have my shoulder repaired and I know they, they're going to use screws and different things. If someone wanted to do that, what type of testing would they be looking at? It is an IG G test and it's done overseas. So okay. I get the kit from the UK. It's the ELISA. And so it takes a while. So you want to make sure if you're going to do this, you're going to do this way ahead of time, not the two weeks before surgery. Okay. And the it's an IgE blood test and you send that off and they actually look to see the antibodies and where you measure if you're having a reaction to that through your blood. Okay. So, and this is just reactivity to particular metals as opposed to like, say, toxicity, correct? Yes. However, if you're reacting to that metal, that metal now has become toxic. So, so even dental implants, not even the mercury, the dental implants and what they make, you know, what they make them out of, they make out of, of various different uh, metals. Wow. So it's, yeah. So it's pretty interesting. We, you know, we're full of, full of metals, even as we're talking in the EMFs and different things of that nature. Uh, if a person is very sensitive, sometimes they can't even take that with metal because it has like, you know, the negative attract, I mean, negative and positive. And so, and the other, and the two negatives repel. So sometimes even the conductivity in electronics can cause patients issues that can trigger even intensify their heavy metals. So would that be kind of like a red flag if somebody said they seem to be really sensitive to EMFs that maybe you should look under the surface for heavy metals? I would. Okay. Now, I, personally, as a person, as a provider, that's that's what I do. Okay. So I look, I'll look if they're coming and they're like, oh, I, I can't stand it or the fluorescent light bulbs that are in my office right now, you know, so they're emanating, you know, um, you know, that energy that can actually, I mean, because you think about it, you took a metal and a magnet and mm. so it, it attracts there. So, yes. So can we go back for a second? Because I thought the thing you were talking about in regards to menopause and, and, and to be fair, men also can have bone loss as well. So it's not just ladies, but mm -hmm. I, I think one important thing that I oftentimes have to educate clients on is that heavy metals are sequestered. So can you talk a little bit, yes, everyone, we're getting to that, that question about the bones. Um, what does it mean and why does your body sequester heavy metals? Well, not heavy metals and tox toxicity, they kind of store in the tissue in the bone. They store in that adipose tissue in the fat that they like that lipophilic. It kind of protects them, right? And the bone protects them. Your tissues protects them. So that's where they kind of go. And when also when you lose weight, also that because you're losing that adipose tissue, you release those toxins into, and they just dump them off into the liver. And so that's when it becomes very problematic there because you, you just, it, they don't just hang out, you know, they like to hide. So, um, and when you don't see that, when the bone starts to break down, the minerals and the bones, and then you have the toxicity, the, the, 
the toxicity of the metal also breaks down in there and you just releases that into your bloodstream through the fat either through your system through your fat or your bloodstream and it can that's when it's very problematic and i know you work a lot on skin and so with skin disorders i see a lot of heavy metal and i always check for that if i've tried everything in the world then it's like mm, you know, always in the back of my mind, uh, you know. Is it possible? Uh, heavy medicals. Yeah, yeah is toxins. it possible? That's interesting. That is really... Because how does toxins get into your body? The, our skin is our largest organ. That is true. So it's the skin, what we breathe, mm-hmm. what we eat, or what we insert. Oh, so what about like, what about like IUDs, which are copper? IUDs, the copper IUDs. Sometimes they can be problematic. Yes. So you have the copper, you don't have the zinc. Sometimes people are toxic and too much copper with the copper IUDs and they don't have a zinc. So you always want to have measure your micronutrients testing with that to kind of see where you're going. And the other thing is breast implants. Oh, there's metals in breast implants that are hidden in some, some of the walls. I've had a lot of women with breast implant illness I have a patient right now. She's due to go get hers out. Um, I think in a two weeks and so that's another one that you know the silicone but there are some hidden metals that are kind of stored in there as well we've definitely talked about breast implant illness here on the show so i'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes for everybody to go check that out i know i've been asked a few times about more questions on that so i know that people will appreciate your comments on that um and so I, I guess like one of my questions here is there's different tests. I've seen um, blood tests for heavy metals versus uh, like urine challenges for heavy metals using a chelating agent, um, hair analysis. Like, do you have a preference or what is your feeling based off of? I mean, you actually are a professor as well, in addition to having your practice. So what do you find to be um, sort of a better way or, or is there a best way to identify if there is a heavy metal exposure? I prefer the urine because a lot of women, when you have hair, what do they have? They have already have dye in their hair or they have uh, products in their hair that they kind of store, you know. And so when you have that in there, it's like, is it the product? Is it the dye? Or is it really true, a, true a hair analysis? So I like the urine. The urine, though, is can be complicated if a person has kidney issues mm-hmm. because that's post-hepatic. But I want to see post-hepatic, what are you dumping out? You know, and so there's two train of thoughts. Now we used to do DSMA and EDTA, and these are just chelating agents. That what we do, we give. So we give you the first urine test with nothing, because I want to see where your body is with any with nothing, and then you actually take the chelating agent, and then you measure the urine again, and so you want to make sure that the first part, and then the second part, and you want to see. The difference in that now sometimes providers will look at oh it's not in the red you know and it's not toxic but I look at if it was low normal here and it's high normal here that means that chelating agent was releasing something that was stored in your body okay and many a times I've seen it do the opposite where the 
the initial test is in the red. And then you did the chelating agent and now it's in the normal. Because what you've done with that chelating agent, you remove the toxin out with the chelating agent because that's what we use. We use the same chelating agents for to remove it as we do to challenge it. So it, at first when I did this, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I called the company, I'm like, I don't understand this. But when they broke it down and they explained it to me, I'm like, that makes so much sense. So you can use glutathione, it depends on which you know, uh, tests that you're using. There are tests that you can use glutathione. Sometimes I'll have the patients do a deep tissue massage because if it's stored in the tissue and the glutathione, I mean, and or either the DSMA or EDTA, but you have to have a prescription um, for it, mm -hmm. for that, for the DSMA. And so, and you take that usually a couple hours and you also want to me measure your creatinine because you want to make sure that it's not it's not concentrated, so it's diluted enough, so it passes that kidney. So your kidney function has to be um, optimal as well. So if the creatinine is too low or too high, then you know that there was something wrong um, with the test itself. Now, may I ask, I've seen clients who said that they were told they have heavy metal heavy, high, heavy metal toxicity because they have blood tests run. And from my, um, master's program, and again, I don't work in this field. So this is just what I read in the text. And what we learned was that blood is showing an immediate exposure. Correct. It's not the stores. So do you, what, what's your feelings then if the blood test shows an elevation of heavy metals? You are truly toxic. If it's in the blood, you're truly toxic because that's, you know, that's really what's going on right now. We, I had a case with a young, young man and he had moved in from, from New York where they had lead pipes and lead paint and his vitamin D was five. Oh my gosh. His eczema was off the chart. He was just bleeding. And he came up positive for lead. And I was like, what do I do with this? So I sent him to a pedi pediatrician and they did it. Because again, when you're detoxing someone, you, you really have to be careful and make sure you're in a, with a skilled practitioner. Because mm -hmm. when you're detoxing that heavy metal, you're detoxing all your minerals so there goes your iron there goes your your magnesium all that stuff is gone and then so you have to um, remove replenish remove replenish remove replenish so you have to check their specific gravity to make sure that their kidneys are functioning you got to make sure that the liver test so the liver uh, is functioning because the liver is just like an oil filter so if you're dumping all this crap out of there in there and it's not working properly, then it can't go through that lipophilic detoxification process to get rid of it and it stays there. And now you're recirculating more and it becomes more problematic. So you really have to work with a skilled functional medicine practitioner. I won't even say everybody is, because they have doctor behind their name, does not mean that they understand the whole detoxification process. Yeah, I personally feel that after I read more about this and I had actually asked my dad who was an MD 
you know, just about, you know, it made me concerned because they said like, you really have to check kidney function and whatnot. And I was like, this is, this is outside of my scope of practice. I don't feel that this is something that is appropriate for like a health coach, for a nutritionist, for an RD. Like this is really, you do have to work with a, either a naturopathic doctor who has experience with this or an MD or a DO, like somebody who can really monitor, as you're saying, the different body the different levels of the minerals and whatnot within the body and make sure that there's no damage that occurs when you're dredging these toxic minerals and, um, and whatnot out of the system metals essentially. So, um, so that being said, and I really appreciate you bringing that up because it's something that I see has become trendy where everybody's like, I have a heavy metal detox, throw some like cilantro into your, <laughs> into your shake and you're going to detox metals. And I'm like, really, are you going to detox metals just with some cilantro? <laughs> um, but I mean, this is a really serious process. It's not something to undertake lightly. So I guess my question to you is, if someone is listening to this, if you suspect or you find out that you have heavy metal toxicity of some sort, do you start with the metals or do you personally, if you see that someone has other issues, like say they've got liver detoxification challenges or they have gut issues or any number of nutrient deficiencies, like where do you start in terms of like, do you start at the heavy metals or you deal with some of the other more foundational things first? I always start with the foundational and one is because you have the, the key organs for detoxification. So the liver, the gut, the kidneys, you got to make sure that's functioning. So imagine you have a, a, a sink and you have a pipe. Well, you keep putting water in that pipe and if that pipe is clogged, it's not going anywhere. So you keep detoxing and you just keeps going until it becomes an overflow and it becomes problematic. So the issue is to make sure the liver, the gallbladder, the intestines, and the kidneys, and that you're pooping. You know, that's mm. another, because if you're not pooping on a regular basis, guess what you're doing with that toxin? You're recirculating that toxins and it's just beginning, it's gonna stay in there stronger. So you have to make sure all the process of where you're detoxing is 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 optimal before you start pushing things and trying to get it out you know yeah. so that's what i always tell patients and even if and sometimes if a person has a lot of skin issues you, you gotta you gotta correct the underlining before you start pushing that out another way people want to detox is uh saunas you know mm -hmm. oh it's gonna sauna it's gonna come out sauna is great in its place, but you just can't push that out because you got to make sure, like I said, everything else is, is good there. Yeah, I can imagine. And I would think too, like, is there a place when you are detoxing from heavy metals for like binders and things, or do you have to be careful with binders in terms of heavy metals? Or are they just not appropriate at all? No, I, I, I use binders all the time because you want to bind because the poop may not get it all. So you want to bind it in there. And so it, it will come out uh, through through that. Uh, a lot of times I'll use um, G-Pure, um, sometimes cholestyramine. People don't tolerate that very well. Um, but the binders, soluble fibers, those are all good to use. So, and you brought up a very good point, Jennifer, but with the celery and the cilantro <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it may 
might get rid of a little bit, but if your body's like really burdened down with it, it's really not going to do too much. So you might, so the way I always tell my patients, it's, or when I, when I'm teaching, it's like, it's a little, your body, our bodies are designed to heal itself, right? So if we get a little bit of stuff coming in, we can take it out. Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of an issue. But the problem is, is when you're like, you're trying to hold this 365, you know, barbell and you're like 120 pounds and you haven't been working out for a while, then you're like, oh my God, it, it becomes overloading and and a burden to you. So what we're doing with a detox, you're trying to release that. So you're taking the weights off. Mm. So now the weight is not 365 pounds. Now you're releasing it to 200 and then to 100. So it's tolerable. So your body can do what it what it needs to do. And I think that's what we get. So in the weeds, even in natural medicine, our body has the capability of doing it. We just have to give it the proper tools. Yeah. We definitely do. And like you said, food is important, but at a certain point, it may be beyond what food can actually do. And so we want to get it back to that place where maybe adding the cilantro would be helpful. But if you're like really swimming in toxicity, cilantro in your shake is not going to be all that helpful. (laughs) It may keep things moving a little bit, you know, uh, flow, but, you know, uh, better. But if you find out, oh, I I took this heavy metal test and I'm so toxic. I'm going to drink these smoothies with seven, seven day detox and I'm going to be fine. Um, because you even, even if it is removing stuff in your kidney and all those things are problematic, then you can have the same issue. Yeah. And those, and the metals on the way out, at least from my understanding can also damage tissue, can damage cells in the process. And that's why this is something where I like to say, Hey, uh, Let's be really cautious here because while it sounds good, we just want to want to be careful. We want to take a really mindful approach because while the journey ahead will be helpful overall, there are definitely some twists and turns and some <laughs> potholes along the way that, you know, you need somebody who can really navigate, help you navigate down that path so that you don't come out sicker than you did when you when you started. So, um, I just want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of this. And I, I also wanted to have you on the show because you do work with clients who have eczema and psoriasis and a lot of these skin issues and you're located, is it, it's outside of Atlanta, correct? That is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, North. Mm-hmm. so if you guys are looking for somebody to go see in person, Dr. S- Dr. Sanza has a great practice. It's a 3d wellness and, um, 3d wellness.com is her website. We'll put all of the links to everything in the show notes. She's also on Instagram. So you should go follow her there. because She's always sharing really great bits of wisdom that I loved. I learn from her all the time. So please, please, please connect with her. And I hope Dr. Sanza, we can have you come back sometime and talk about some other topics. I'm, I'm just so glad that we were able to make this happen finally. Yes. And thank you for having me on your show. And I learned from you. You put all kind of good tidbits and talking to you has been a breath of fresh air because everything is not about, you know, what we're being taught out there. And it's really, we have to really just as practitioners and in healing people, we have to really use the person and the science and 
common sense, what yeah. I'd say. Sometimes common sense isn't so common these days, especially when it comes to medicine. So I just love your approach. I love your show. And I know your listeners love you. I followed you on uh, Clubhouse. That's how I first met yeah. you. And then we connected on uh, Instagram. So yeah. I thank you for having me. Uh, and I appreciate yeah. it. We'll have to have you back. <laughs> This podcast episode was a long time in the making since Dr. Sansa and I met during, I guess it was the early portion of 2020 and we were always trying to figure out our schedule. So I'm so glad that we could make this happen. And if you wanna take a look at the resources or leave questions or comments on this particular episode, head on over to skinterrupt.com forward slash 252. That way we can keep the conversation going. And if you know someone who is interested in doing some sort of heavy metal detox, please share this episode with them first to give them a little bit of groundwork and guardrails so that way they know what they can do safely on their own and what they can't do and what are some signs and issues they should be on the lookout for in terms of what heavy metals can do within the body. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the Healthy Skin Show or just this particular episode on your podcast platform of choice and share why someone would want to tune in. I promise you it does mean a lot to other individuals and it also means a lot to me. Then hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss a weekly dose of inspiration, hope, new research, strategies, and all of those alternative tips to help you rebuild healthy skin. And let's connect over on Instagram and online. I'm at Jennifer Fugo. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.